Hello, welcome to Addicted to Recovery, the brand new podcast bringing you the truth about addiction. Our aim is to raise awareness about recovery and change the way society views the addict. Whether you've had one too many last night or you have multiple years of recovery, all are welcome here. This is Addicted to Recovery. My name's Christopher White. I'm joined by my dear friend, co-host and fellow recovering addict, Max Thomas. How are you today, brother? Yeah, I'm good, Chrissy. How are you, mate? Really good, mate. Good to have you in. Look, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> We've just been speaking for 10 minutes and I forgot to push record, okay? <laughs> it happens. So look, sitting opposite me is someone that, if anyone listens to the other podcast I'm involved with, will know this man, is stand-up comedian, and fellow recovering addict, Josh Chang. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Hello, mate. I was just saying, I feel like I've done my apprentice with Josh, my apprenticeship with Josh, and now I'm like out on the tools by myself. And the first thing I do is forget to push record. Yeah, <laughs> so, listen, I've done that before. You've, you've done it to it. me, mate. And we were talking for a lot longer than four minutes. So. We were talking uh, for 45 minutes. Yeah. And we were also talking about some of the madness. Yeah. What we used to get up to. And yeah. we were crying with laughter. And I remember looking down, and I was like, oh, Chris, I've not. It was gold. I've not pressed record. Love that. But it maybe it's better for my career <laughs> that it's not out there. You probably, you know, a higher power there yeah. has, has protected you. He's intervened. Yeah. Do you so, feel like a proud dad, Josh? Yeah. No, he's doing well. He's yeah. doing well. Um, he's doing really well. And I'm, I'm yeah. As I um, was was um, talking about uh, before, I, I got rudely interrupted by Chris saying he's, he's not press record. <laughs> uh, I was saying it's great to see you doing this podcast or two of you. Cheers, you know, there's obviously a lot of podcasts out there about recovery and sobriety, but I sometimes think some of them don't always come armed with the facts. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, you guys know what you're talking about. You live it. You've got good amount of clean time to pair you. I see, you know, that you're, you're in the program week in, week out. Yeah. And I see that you help people, especially with Chris, you know. Um he was he was go he was going on a downward spiral very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. talk to me about it. How do you know him? Is it from school or no, do you know what everyone always asks? How did you two become mates? Yeah, yeah. And I could I could never tell you when I first met Chris White. I couldn't tell no, you. No, I couldn't put a finger on it. Which probably no. yeah, which probably, out. yeah, which probably tells you sort of all it needs to tell you that yeah. We probably weren't in the best of states when no. we did first meet, you know. <laughs> yeah. So bumped into each other on a dance floor cutting shapes. Yeah, probably in a toilet somewhere. But it right. was it was <laughs> <laughs> it was it was from it, mainly going out, really, going yeah, out yeah. partying, you mm, know, and yeah. we've got sort of two separate groups of mates. His group of mates and my group of mates, sort of there was a bit of overlap there. Um and we had a few mutual friends and would start sort of, you know, knocking about with each other from there. And I've always, he's always been a friend of mine. Yeah. It's only since really he went into rehab. Yeah. And he knew that I was doing the sober thing and all. You got closer. That we got closer really yeah. because we just found we had more in common. And I've actually learned more about him over the last three or four years than I ever knew about him. Mm. And the Chris that I thought I knew yeah. of this party guy, 100 miles per hour, really great fun and all this and that. Actually, the, a white boy 2.0 as I call him now yeah. isn't it funny though because it's a different person yeah. be, being in recovery for five years I reckon I know my mates in recovery more closely and intimately than my mates that I've known for my whole life because oh, my mates have known for the whole they don't open up as much I just you hear that surface level stuff or when I was when I was using you get talking and maybe get a bit emotional at five o'clock in someone's kitchen do you know what I mean but the next day then it's forgotten it's 
now I'm able to have like genuine, real conversations mm. with my with my recovery mates about what's going on for them, actual life stuff, and it means something, and it's not forgotten about. And you can, I, I ring you all the time for advice, don't I? Like, I'm going through some business stuff at the moment, and it's I, it's being an addict. I struggle to deal with life stuff on my own. So what do I have to do? What I've been taught to do is reach out to another f- fellow recovering addict and bounce my stuff off of them, and that's that's the way it works, Chris, isn't it? Really, yeah, of course it is. Mm. And look, we. Our friendship, our relationships blossomed since I got clean. I called Josh when yeah. I was in treatment because look, the reason I called you was because there was a time I had my son, he was like maybe 18 months, two years yeah. old at the time. <clears throat> and Josh is like, come meet me for breakfast. So we met in Shenfield. I had my boy with me and I was using, right? And uh, it was one of them times where I couldn't hold it together. Right. I've spoke about this before. I had this ability to bottle it all up and get in and out of a situation without people knowing I was using, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that allowed me to use for as long as I did. And in the situations I did this time, I couldn't hold it together. It was obvious I was using. I mean, you, you say that, um, I mean, I don't know whether it was my own ignorance or, you know, I knew, I knew what you were going through or what mm. you had told me you'd been through. But, you know, if I was to ask him then, I remember asking you sitting down and a bit of breakfast. Well, that sounds I was, fine. You was like, I was like, oh, you're all like straight and narrow. You're not doing all that no more. You was like, yeah, fine. Like looking down his plate. But I wanted to believe that. So I didn't question it. Even yeah. though he was here, there and everywhere. He was going to the toilet every five minutes. He mm. was, I couldn't, I, I can never remember him during sitting down for that breakfast, him looking at me in the eye. Also, I couldn't really make sense where it was very much. You come in, you come out within probably about 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It was a bit of a whirlwind. I didn't really have time to sort of assess what was actually happening. Yeah. I just remember coming away from that thinking, that was a bit of a, that was a, bit of a weird breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? That was a bit and odd. It's like me. It with, didn't eat much. With my young son, no, but I probably would have like, whatever I had to do to make you think I weren't using, I would have done it. Oh, if right. I've got to eat food against my will, I would yeah. do it. Like, and I've got my son with me. Morally, that goes against everything I'm about. Yeah. But at the time, it was just, I couldn't not use. Yeah, I just cool. couldn't not use. So when I got to rehab, I called Josh because I knew he knew. Yeah. And um, we had a right good chat, didn't we, when I was in rehab. And you're like, mate, so happy for you. And you know what was one of the best things for me? Like you said, your recovery friends. Yeah. I had a friend that was in recovery. Yeah, nice, mate. So it was like, I got, obviously I got loads of mates in recovery, but it was nice to have a friend from the outside world. And then we just got really close. Yeah. Your career's obviously taken off. And um, you started your podcast and you asked me to come on as a guest and I've been the co-host ever since. And it's been a great <laughs> little journey. Yeah. And it's it's turned into this. You know what I mean? There's no way we would be doing this or I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you giving me the chance to come on your podcast. So I'm forever grateful for that. Nah, well, mate, I'm forever grateful for everything that you give me in just everyday life, you know. Mm. You know, before Chris was, uh, he was, yeah, like I said, he was just on a downward spiral. Yeah. And I just never thought he would ever really? sort himself out. Yeah, and I think if if you ask a lot of people that, it, it just seemed, it seemed we all thought that would be the case, you know, because, yeah, it just it just didn't seem like he would. Um, obviously, did you, did, reached, you it, did you see it take hold of him, Josh? As in, like, did you see the progression? In the... He was very good at hiding things, yeah. you know. And as well, what I would say is at the time, I wasn't one of his close, close friends. No. Whereas I know a lot of his clo- other close mates they saw it first and, you know, yeah. if they was on a job with him, yeah, they yeah. saw it, you know. Mm. I was probably not close enough to him at the time 
to really realise the the severity just from what they had been telling me. Yeah, if you just seen them on nights out, then it just blend, you blend, exactly. you blend in. Exactly, yeah. in a sort of acceptable yeah. situation. Yeah. One of my tricks was you don't spend too much time with any one person. Mm. You bounce, right? Yeah. Because if you do, then people are going to be like, something's not out. right with you. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You haven't sat still for six days. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and that was me. You know what I mean? I was constantly bouncing around. Funny you say, you never thought I was going to get out of it. I didn't think I was ever going to get no. out of it. Mm. I thought I was toast. Well, I, f I felt the same when I was, you know, drinking and using. I could just remember thinking in my twenties, this is I just could not comprehend. Mm. Not, not ever. I was about to say wanting it, but never. I needed it. Yeah, yeah. I needed. You know, I could never comprehend that. Um, but that's that's what's unbelievable about, and that's why I think so many people when they go into the rooms, go into recovery, they're so like dismissive at first like this ain't gonna this ain't gonna get me sober yeah it doesn't mm. seem like it's gonna work because no. what what go into a, a village hall on a wednesday night yeah. with these low people and talking about it's problems and getting a sponsor and going through just this book you're having a laugh and you? you don't know understand how powerful this addiction is if that's what you think yeah you know that's how you that's how you feel because when you come in you're like it's not it's not bits and glamour it's very basic mm. you know but it's it's amazing what it what it can do but, you know, since then, since he's, he's been clean and sober, you know, if anyone, I could tell you now, if, if there's one person that you would call up to help you in anything, whether it be mm. wanting to get sobriety or just emotionally or, you know, he's the man. Yeah. He's I, the man that people lean on now. I hear it a lot because it's like we talk about the 180s, don't we, in the rooms yeah. where... You just wouldn't have been. I had a moment with my younger brother, and um, his baby was poorly uh, when when his second child was born, and uh, like I was the first person he called. You know what I mean to help and get down to hospital. Like rewind and take five years ago, I was I was not even on that list. You know what I mean yeah. I was not even on that list because he knew one I might not turn up, or I just wasn't reliable, um, or there was just other people who, who would do, be able to deal with that situation differently and better. But today I'm number one on the list and it's just, it's, it's, it's all down to recovery really. Of course it? it is. It's, it's, it's amazing. Complete 180 degree turn yeah. in our lives. Yeah. And, um, yeah, look, they're saying you was like, not even on the list. I would be on the, like, make sure he doesn't come. <laughs> yeah. Don't let him find out. Don't let him know because he's going to make it all about him and I can't deal with that right like now. Like if, if you were broken down, and you're like, right, who can help me? You think, no, I'm not going to call White Boy because otherwise the car's <laughs> going to end up in flames. You know? <laughs> turn up in two weeks. By the way, to all the listeners that don't know, White Boy is my nickname. Sorry. Chris, Chris Sorry. White. People call uh, me White Boy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. If I've introduced myself as Christopher White, not White Boy. I know. It's then. quite he funny. He's, he's very, he's very proper on his podcast. on it. Which is, <laughs> gone all posh. Which is, which is good. Which is good. I don't think you'd want the white boy persona no. on this podcast. Yeah. So it's, you, keep, you keep up with that, um, that facade, like mate. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, I've got a few friends that always used to call me white boy and then when I got clean, they changed my name in their phone back to Chris or to like nice. something different because it was like, now nah, the white boy days are over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when the and white you boy you rekindled name. them on, uh, on that. Yeah, shame yeah you are, you listen, you are more Chris now. Um, it's, uh, yes, yeah, white boy. White boy is the old... Yeah, it the was old the old, version. but you call me White Boy 2.0, oh, I'll take that as well. White Boy 2.0. I'm definitely not the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So, um, 
tell us a little bit about your story. How did you come to uh, to get to a place where you decided that you wanted to um, give recovery a go? Yeah, so um suppose like a bit of background about me is just like born in Eldwood Hospital. Same. As you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then grew up in Brentwood. Mm. Went to school in Home Church. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I suppose like for me, I always grew up with, um, I don't know, I think high expectations. Like with my, um, my family set up, my dad was very much like, a, you know, sort of working class bloke that had done, had his own business done right for himself. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I just remember being younger that it was, it was sort of like, it was always mentioned, you know, my grandparents come round, they're, you know, they're from the East End, so they've come from very little. Mm. I remember just always coming and thinking, oh, you're lucky, aren't you lucky? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're lucky to, you know, that the, the life your dad's given you sort of thing. Yeah. You know, we weren't, we weren't like millionaires, you know, I'm not like fucking Eddie Hearn, you know. Yeah. It wasn't that sort of money where you could pass it down to me and then... You know, I'd be driving back in Range Rover. I wouldn't really like that, but it was, it was. I did, they give me a, a nice, lovely upbringing. Yeah, you know, but never I won just, in front of him. No, exactly that. Never spoiled. You know, I can always remember wanting certain football boots, and they're like, "No, you spend your budget for football boots is forty quid." I'm like, yeah, "Well, come on, like everyone else got eighty pounds." Mum and dad were like that, mm. but they're like, "No," because they're like. You know, but I'm glad they did do that because you know you don't grow up spoiled. You grow up hard working and all them yeah. sort of things, and you realise really that, um, yeah, you, you've got to work for everything in life. You know what I mean? But I just always had that, I remember thinking when I was younger, well, bloody hell, I've got to try and achieve something more in my life um, than what my dad's done. Oh, the exact same thing. Because otherwise, I'm a fucking loser. Mm, yeah. Sorry, can I swear on it? Of course you I've, I've, Yeah. But I just thought, I'm a loser, you know, if, uh, if, if someone can go from that situation to, you know, comfortable living Mm. or whatever, I just remember the prep, like, oh, and I I just remember that pressure from a young age, right? And also at school, I weren't particularly smart. I was good at certain subjects like PE. I was very good at art. I was good at English. I was good at creative things. But in terms of like math, science, I was, you know, I was always just struggling them and using like, like lower sets for them. And I just always remember thinking, well, well, if I'm if I've got to be, you know, you know, Dad's got his own business. If I'm going to have my business, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that. I just knew I didn't have. I mm. weren't that way inclined, you know. Yeah. So I had this pressure of just being like. I just remember thinking from a young age, oh, you're destined to be a bit of a loser. And mm. I remember I left school, um, and I was like, right, oh, well, I. When I'm trying to earn a load of money. I've mm. never been money motivated in my life. It's never really got me going. No. I've never been a money motivated sort of person, really. It's just, just not, that's just not me. As long as I've got enough, I'm happy and I like to do my creative things because that's where I get really pleasure yeah, nice. in my life, you know. And um, I remember leaving school and going, right, I'm going to go try and work in the city. And I'd send out and mm. send out all my CVs. And one thing I was good at is in an interview, I'm a good talker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very good at selling myself. Good interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> and like from a young age, I can remember people going to my mum and dad, how old is he? What? And mm. you can have that conversation with us. Yeah. I remember I was just good at talking. Yeah, nice. Right? 
So in an interview, you think, "Quite this guy. Yeah, he knows <laughs> stuff. This guy, you could see, you know, I didn't have a degree, come from sixth form. But they thought, well, this kid's got a bit about him. You know Jordan what I mean? Belfort. You went to uni though, right? I went to uni for a year. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I dropped out. Yeah. Basically. Same as me, Josh. Honestly, um, stories are very, very similar. But that's where I met a lot of my mates who you know, our mutual friends. I mean, I went to, I went to Reading Uni for a year. I thought, yeah, you know, uni's where you go and, you know, you, you expand your horizons, you meet new people. Yeah. I just hung about a load of other geezers from Essex. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And we done exactly the same. We go out drinking, mm. they'd get in fights. I'd sort of pretend to be at the back, be like, oh yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Not really getting involved because I was too scared to do all that, you know. Um, but yeah, but then I went into the city and I got a good, I'd done, I'd done recruitment to start off with, which was a decent job for a, a good company. Then I got an opportunity to this, um, interview for brokers. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is just what everyone talks about. You know, people, you know, you, especially living in Essex, you always know about guys that yeah. got big houses and what do they do? They're a broker, broker. they're a trader. I'm like, yeah, that's great. I know nothing about it. No. Um, got the interview, done a bit of research on it. Anyway, ended up getting the job. Um, and I can just remember, like, being buzzing that I got the job and everything. Fuck. Oh, no, this, 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 this ain't going to go well. <laughs> I remember thinking that. And I remember getting in there. <laughs> And I think they half employed me because all on the desk, they was all like, uh, like quite like well-spoken private school boys, right? All very switched on. I could tell they thought you'd be a good salesman, more in like the Barrow boy sort of. I can see you in there though, pinstripe suit, giving it large. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I had watched, I'd watched, um, what's Golden Gecko? What was he? Uh, the yeah. Boiler Room. The Boiler Room. I'd watched all them and I'm like, right, yeah, you know. I don't know. So that, the original, that was called? Wall Street. Wall, Wall Street. Street. Yeah, and then yeah, it was yeah, the Boiler yeah. Room, the one yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went in there and I think that's why I employed me. I thought you'd be a good salesman, you're a good repeat, you're a great talker. Um, and you're something different than what we've not got on the desk. Yeah. And but my job was to book the trades, get the lunches, and then hopefully one day if it works hard enough, I'd get to where they are, you know. But I can just remember the first week being like, oh, I just, you know, the job in terms of the booking the trades and that was pretty straightforward. I could do that. But in terms of the job that they done, I just knew my brain weren't wired that way. So intense, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Inten yeah but but the intensity of it, I'd, I'd think I wouldn't have, wouldn't have bothered me so much. You know, right. I get up on the stage. Yeah, I suppose. I yeah. like that pressure. Yeah. You know, but it was more just like the intelligence of it, right. to be perfectly honest. I just right. knew I weren't smart enough. Yeah, but look, so this is what I've noticed. You always go to that. Like you said in the beginning, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a loser. Or you're like, oh, no, I'm not clever enough. And you do it now. I clock him all the time. Really? You always go to that negative thing. What did you say your New Year's resolution was going to be? Believe in myself. Believe in yourself. Yeah, but you've got to be realistic. And positive. And I think that's part of your disease. Because I see it a lot with addicts. Not believing in themselves. Mm -hmm. And struggling to have that self-belief and that self-awareness. Um, like, well, so go and get it. Addicts, massive ego, low self-esteem. Exactly it? that. Just Exactly that. So I think that stems from this stuff. Continue. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've done, done that job for about a year and I was in, I was enjoying it just, you know, and they really liked me. Hmm. Sort of knew, I thought, well, I want to, on that desk that I was on, I was thinking, no, I don't want to get promoted there because I think then I'll get found out, you know. I got offered another job on another desk and I thought, that seems a bit easier. Right. 
And I thought, you know, the blokes on there didn't seem as smart. Right. And I thought, look, it's going to be our work. But I was like, go take that job that they've offered you to go over there. And um, that's probably your best chance. And I worked on that desk for a year. And the guy that was like my supervisor, he wasn't really my boss, but he was the guy that led the team. He's like an old, like, fucking, oh, sorry, I can swear, I swear again. Uh, he's like, like, posh guy. Mm. But you could tell very much old money. And he just uh, seemed to take a disliking to me from day one. And um, I ended up leaving that mm. role. Was there a lot of boozing involved in that job? There was a lot of boozing. But this is what I'm getting to is that this guy, I mean, look, I didn't have a lot of self-belief anyway. I've never no. really had that much self-belief. As Chris said, you know, I've always had that deep full setting of, you know. Imposter syndrome. You're not so much imposter syndrome, but just you are never going to amount to nothing. Yeah. You know, and all those beliefs I had, he absolutely ruined me. Really? Yeah. Just like, I think now, you know, in this sort of more sort of conscious mental health world, mm. you know, I think a lot more people probably would have called him out for yeah. sort of bullying me, really. Right. I was a 20 year old kid yeah. and he absolutely destroyed every bit of confidence I had. Mm. And I left that job that's, after that's a year. That's bad supervising. Yeah, yeah but... Trying to get the most out of your team, right? Yeah, but Not listen, this, I can remember older guys come up to me going, listen, he's, he's an idiot, like, he's an arsehole, don't pay no attention to him. But none of them ever stuck up for me, you know. Yeah. I just got absolutely ruined for a year. And that that was when I can really remember that my drinking... Um, yeah, it just, it just exager exaggerated. I mean... Going back to when I first actually had a drink, I was 16, I went to a mate's 18th birthday party, ended up drinking till I passed out. Standard. Got home, saw myself. <laughs> yeah. Standard. And, and, but I woke up, but it, I woke up and it was like, um, oh yeah, but that's what you do, you know, you go out. I thought, God, that's weird that I push it that far, <laughs> you know. But I just remember that was the year that, um, that it just exaggerated. I, I went and... Uh, uh, I think that was a year that I, I I basically got done for drink driving. I I, I went out. I come back from this party the next day from still being out. Fell asleep at a wheel, crashed my car. Mm. You know, um, and I can remember thinking then, "Well, this is this is like what age were you then? I think I was twenty then. Right. Consequences early. Yeah, mm. consequences early. But I can remember thinking then, "Well, this is this is out of hand." But I didn't really ever think. I can remember going out for dinner after that car thing and looking across from my dad and thinking, I really want to say to you, I really need help here. Mm. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm smashing myself to bits. Right. But I felt like I couldn't because he had, you know, given, given me what he'd given me growing up. Mm. I felt like, no, I can't do that. I'll be even more of a loser. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't do... No, you need to sort it out for yourself. Yeah. Um, I remember going to my first meeting when I was 20, 21. Right. But then going in there thinking I'm the youngest one here by years. Mm. And then also thinking, well, I'm not doing it every day. You know, it's just when I go out, I seem to blow up. Yeah. Seeing loads of similarities between you two. There's loads, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know... Um, but yeah, that year, that year with that bloke, it absolutely ruined me. It absolutely shot me to bits. And 
throughout my twenties, really, that was the recurring thing of, um, you know, I kept in starting jobs, failing at things. I just had no belief, you mm. know, this guy had really, really crippled me. And the only solution I had for it yep. at the time was to, was, was to drink. We talk mm. about hole in the soul, don't we? In, in, yeah. the, in, in the rooms and, uh, it may well be that 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 guy treating you like that made that hole in the soul so much that had to be filled with something. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and and it's a very similar story to me, Josh. Like I, I had massive expectations on me when I was a when I was a youngster. Um, in my head, anyway. Do you know what I mean? My old man, if I spoke to him now, he probably he, he probably wouldn't tell the story like that. Do you know what I mean? But in yeah. my head, Dad was a very successful businessman, and in my head, I I, I wanted him to love me and. I, I sort of um, convinced myself that his he would give me more love if I the more successful I was. Do you know what I mean? And that's and I could never ever live up to those expectations. Well, that's what my head was telling me. And over time, that void, that hole in the soul, became so big. Every single time I drunk, mm. I'll black out or be sick. And my peers around me, they weren't drinking like that. Do you know what I mean? They weren't using, even from a young age, like you said, you crash your car at 20. I remember when I was 20, I was using different to other people. Yeah. Um, and the binge using, I can relate to the binge using. Like when I came into recovery, I had that same mentality. I'm a, I'm a weekend user, maybe three days on the bounce, but because I'm not using every single day, do I, I, yeah, I'm do not, I deserve yeah, to be yeah, here? I've not yeah, got a problem. I've spoken about this on the podcast yeah. before. I, find, I think that's got to be so tough to acknowledge you're an addict, you've got a problem, you need help when you're not using every day. Mm. That's why my hat comes off to people like you guys that have been users. You can have a day off. Mm. For me, it was so glaringly obvious. Mm. It was almost like, mate, you, you need to get in there, otherwise you're going to die. Like It's just as simple as that. You can't use cocaine every day. It's just a, a no, fact. No. So this is why I have so much respect for people that weren't daily users, but recognized the pain it was causing and made the decision to sort themselves out anyway. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, in many ways, I think it's harder. Yeah, I mean, I, I bounced in and out the rooms all through my 20s, you know. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've always, um, I mean, I feel like Rodney O'Sullivan now, but I've, I've all. I can remember since that being 20, I've always struggled with my mental health. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and uh, that I felt like that was also the only thing that would 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 help me, you know? Yeah, I felt the same. Um, I think we're lucky now we live in more of a time where there's there just seems where it's obviously more spoken about, you know what your options are a bit more, you know? Um, meditation's great exercise is fantastic and listen there's no shame in it but i take i for the last two years i take i take um 50 milligram of sertraline every day which is an antidepressant mm -hmm. and uh you know it's that's that's good you know i need that you know mm. um but yeah i can remember just uh, coming towards the end of my 20s and um so did you pick up any clean time along the way substantial or uh from four months maybe right, yeah. um Towards the end of my twenties, I was just like, you know, this. It got to a point really where, I mean, I would call throughout my twenties, I would call up Samaritans. Yeah, you know. Um, so you knew you needed help then, really. Yeah, but call up Samaritans, you know, because you think, oh, I want to kill myself or whatever. Next couple of days, you're laughing about it, like, oh, bloody hell, that was just, a, you know, it was just a bad hangover or whatever. Yeah. Um, and but one question I always remember they would ask you. They would say, "Well, have you planned it? Mm. You know, do you know what you would do?" Mm. And I never realized 
since I've found out now, if you say no, then it's not an imminent threat because it's war, mm. you know. But I can remember getting towards the end of my 20s and there was a couple of days where, um, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what I'm going to do, mm. you know. And I remember there was one day uh, I was in bed for two days and um, every time I woke up, I would just make myself go back to sleep. Didn't Didn't want to be... Mm. didn't want to be conscious mm. you know and then I remember being like well you know either you go do it or you go just go to the hospital mm. you know I was like well I'm not going to call an ambulance because I don't want people driving down it you know what I mean yeah so I drove myself to Harlow Hospital and you know told them this is, this is how I feel mm. you know um, and they gave me a bit of help and I think I got a bit of clean time just off of you know that experience really of being like, well, I can't how it sent me there. Mm. Um, to then about six months later, going back out and mm. doing the same thing, you know. And um, that's the insanity around there, isn't it? We shout about it all the time. Of course, like, it is. I used to just go around on that merry-go-round, Josh, of just fucking the same behaviours every fucking week. Do you know what I mean? Come Thursday, like you said, I'd start feeling all right again. And I'd just be back at it, exactly the same thing. Turn up Monday morning, Sunday night, five in the morning, knocking on the front door. Missus letting me in. What? What? Do you mean? Gone missing for three days. Kids are upstairs, and I used to do that for years and years and years. Mm. Multiple hospital visits, like yourself. Like it's just insanity. Like the same behaviours, expecting different results, and it's just yeah. Once you're in it, it's fucking hard to get yeah, out. Yeah, it's isn't it? really tough to get out. Yeah. I mean, look. Thanks for opening up like that, Josh. It's that. Like, I never heard you say that. Mm. I sort of know because you've you've touched on it a little bit. But um, I mean, the podcast we do is a comedy podcast. You yeah, know it's I mean? not very Suic funny, is it? <laughs> suicide, suicide's a bit of a comedy cul-de-sac, as you say. <laughs> but, it is. There's it is. a lot of comedy in that, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of comedy in that. But comedy it's really, Yeah, that. it's really good. I learned that from, uh, from my guy. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, That's one of my catchphrases. Yeah. It's really good to be get vulnerable and uh, and talk openly about that stuff. I would have never have, but do you know, it's because I'm I'm quite far removed from that now. I, I can talk about it about something that was in the past. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, um, and also I'm not. You know, it's a big thing. I, I never really wanted to look. I never really wanted also people's. Uh, Strange, I didn't want people's sympathy, but at the same time, I really needed an arm around me. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a weird sort of... It's another one of them catch-22s. But yeah. the beauty is about opening up, right, and about talking about it, hopefully there's someone out there listening who has experienced the same thing that Josh has experienced yeah. previously, who's actually, who can think, wow, that's, this is what, this is how meetings work, right? It's, yeah. You'd share something about one week, he's... It's okay to share about that. It's okay to open up. He's yeah. not been judged. And then we move on from that. And that's that's where the power lies in recovery and that connection, isn't it? Of course it does. It's and it's connection. really only because I've got the connection to Chris. Yeah. Where he's like my closest confidant now. I yeah. tell him everything. He knows all my secrets. Yeah. He knows, uh, which I don't have many, but he knows. Uh, no comment. But as in, it like, as in, I would only share stuff yeah. with Chris. Yeah. I mean, I realize the podcast has been recorded, but I'd only share that with him. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's... And it's that, it's that, it's that almost like it's almost like a brotherhood of being in the meetings and sharing that stuff. And like going back to your like earlier point of like friendships, I've got some. I've got. I'm very lucky. Mm. I've got fantastic friends and family, yeah. and always have. And I know my friends, especially uh, well, family and friends, but 
I probably wouldn't burden ever my family with that, you no. know, but I would share it with friends. But I would never, never share that with them. No. You know, there's because, yeah, it, that, that bond that I feel like me and Chris have got now yeah. through opening up, through going through this journey together. That's beautiful, mate. You know, it's yeah. something that I... Look, we recorded a, an episode about sponsorship the other day, and that's what it's all about, right? So I, I sponsor you. And that's how it's that's how it works, right? You tell one person everything, and that person confides. I've also got to say, my original sponsor Lee as well. There you go. Was massive, you know. Um, just I've shared things with him that I've I've I've, I've you know no. never shared with anyone else other than yeah. other than Chris and Lee. You know, not necessarily things that have happened, but just like in the most yeah. my inner thoughts and feelings. You know, of course. Um, and yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's it's mad how you can open up like that and it just feels fine. Mm. Of course you know? it does. It feels so much better. Cool, yeah. So much better. It's like a load off, right? Mm. We spoke about it. It's the thing that's causing you so much pain. And then once you've got it out there and you sort of give half of it to someone else, it just feels lighter, right? And that's what this stuff is, just time and time again. Problem, what's the saying? Problem shared is a problem half. That's it. I think it's no truer saying than when it comes to recovery. I'm programmed now, honestly. Not oversharing, but every aspect of my life. I've, I mentioned that I've got some financial and, and business stuff going on at the moment. And I reckon I've spoken to five people this week about it, I reckon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just bouncing. Get it out Maybe not like the full extent of it. Or what do you think about this? How shall I deal with this situation? Previously, I would have just bottled that up not really spoken to anyone about it, maybe put my head in the sand, but 100%, I would have gone down the pub on a Friday night and blasted myself to bits. Yeah, and probably mm. told someone. That's then, the difference now. Oh, you know what's happening to me this week? Yeah. yeah. I mean, glamorized yourself, it, exaggerated yeah. it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Get yourself all worked up thing. about it, and then you wake yeah. up next day, and funnily enough, the, the problem size is bad then. Exactly. exactly. And then you're not in the physical, you ain't got the physical capabilities of dealing with the problem because you just smash yourself to bits. And again, and again, and again. So, where did your recovery journey start this time? Were you clean time? Uh, so, I mean, so, uh, you checked yourself into uh, to Harlow. Yeah, checked myself into Harlow. Oh, you said then you relapsed about six months ago. Six months six after. Months, six months later. I mean, it's all still a bit of a bit of bit of a bit of a blur, really. But I can remember going back into the rooms. Um, and was like, right, you know, I'm going to go back to the meetings regularly. Went to the meetings regularly. Didn't do the 12 steps. Didn't get a sponsor. Relapsed after about 10 months. Was like, right, okay, I'll get myself a sponsor and uh, go through the steps now. Done it again. Got myself to about 11 months. Relapsed again. Uh, yeah, do, do you know what it was? It's like we said earlier. I just kept on telling myself, you didn't used to do it every day, though. So I'm just debating mm. with myself. You know, are you are you really do you really have a problem with addiction? Mm. Um, you know, I had that constantly going through my head. And also I had going through my head of I just like to have a couple of drinks. Yeah. You know, maybe this yeah, is a maturity just, thing. I'm I'm growing up now. I just wanna I, I I seriously thought that if I could go a year, that it would somehow I'd go back to default settings. Reset. And then I'd have another I'd have another well. run at it again. You know, that's what I thought. And you know, the last the last time I had a drink, it was just that realization of like I drank a bottle of something in a very quick amount of time, you know, to try and to try and get you a know, blackout really. Mm -hmm. And I woke up next day and I thought, oh 
that's 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 very dangerous. I could, uh, you know, yeah, I could, I, I could have really hurt myself there. Yeah. I could have really hurt myself there. And then the, it was, I mean, emotionally, I, it was just like a realization of like total, totally being defeated and mm. being like, oh, I get it, I get it now. Yeah, I get it now. Surrender. So yeah, nearly a year clean. Yeah, and but it was also part of that. And then a part of listen, I'm a I'm a family man now. You got to do better. Mm. You got to do better than that. You know, all those prophecies that you had in your mind when you were younger that you're going to be a loser, and you ain't going to amount to nothing. Well, they're coming true. Are you got one life? Are you going to try and turn it around now mm. and actually try and make something of this life? Mm. You know. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I am. You know, and. Um, you know, the one thing I, I suppose, which was always a bit of a saving grace is like one thing I I knew that I was good at, mm. even though not everyone else would probably say the same thing, but I knew I was good at stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that was growing all through these, these yeah. yeah, all through this time. I yeah, always so doing stand-up for how long now? So I started when I was 23. There you go. So wow. while all this is going on, yeah. you're carving out. A path and for yourself in the comedy scene. So when you're on when you're on stage, Josh, is that a is that like a drug for you? Is that an escape for you as yeah, well? So did you, you use feel, the yeah. drink before gigs? No, no, heavily after. But um, you know, before it was the one thing I was like, this is the one thing I take seriously. I'm not having a bit of drink. Right. You know, I w was really, but I missed out on a lot of opportunities through my twenties through just fucking about not turning up for things right. not putting so. in the the work that i really needed to you know a lot of people tell me you, you know you've got really big potential you know um how many times you heard that but i would just every I, report i would yeah. i would yeah i would fuck it up whether i just didn't turn up somewhere or whether i didn't put in the effort for a certain thing that i had you know just thinking well I, i'm good at it i'll be fine i just you know what i mean wing it but but one thing that i would always say i would have been if it weren't for the stand-up comedy I would have been a lot worse mm. because that given me, that took my attention away for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And it also gave me a, a rush. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, that's, that's what and Max it gives, just asked. It gives me a higher that, um, that if I didn't have that, it just would have been the booze. No, I, I can, I just had a little experience of what he was talking about. We done a live show recently. Mm. You came, Max. I was on stage. And when I came off stage. Voice of an angel. Thanks, mate. Come on. Debatable. Chris Withers. Debatable. He's, he's more of a rapper. <laughs> more of an MC. So anyway, yeah, taking the piss. I, um, I have got a great voice, but whatever. It didn't show through on that night. I come off stage and I was buzzing. Well, yeah. Really buzzing. Yeah, I had to, it was a, a night where I had to be up really early the next morning and I couldn't sleep. Buzzing, then had to go and sleep in the back of a transit yeah, van. Exactly that. It was like real glamorous, you know what I mean? But once yeah. again, my brother asked for help. Instead of me saying, no, I'm busy that night, I can't do it tomorrow. I'm like, you know what? Can I do both? Yeah, I can do both. So I did both. It's like being that reliable guy. But anyway, the point was, I was rushing from adrenaline yeah. through being couldn't on sleep. stage. Couldn't sleep. No. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. No. So... To answer your question that you asked Josh, yeah, it's a definitely a buzz. Definitely a buzz. And that buzz is still there now? Yeah, not as high as what it once was. No. It's funny one because it's like what I say to people now with a stand-up is like when you first start, you have a good gig, you are absolutely rushing. Yeah. When you have a bad gig, you're really in the gutter. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now, if I have a bit of a rough gig or I have a good gig, yeah, I still get that slight buzz, you know, I still get that 
but the venues, I suppose, if the venues get bigger, then the rush would. But yeah, yeah. Um, but but with that, like, as in, I don't go as high and low anymore. No, it's very much of like, oh, okay. this is what I do. I, I was in Brighton last night. I was at the Theatre Royale. Lovely. Um, supporting my mate Babatunde. Yeah, and that was like a thousand people. Wow. And uh, beautiful venue, by the way. Yeah, beautiful. And I looked down my watch. I was like, oh, 18 minutes. It felt like I'd been up there three three minutes because it was just it was it was such a lovely gig. Oh, amazing! You know, and um, yeah, I can remember coming off stage last night thinking, mm. yeah, yeah, that was that was nice. But it certainly is not the same buzz as when you first start doing it. It's like I suppose it's like when you first start having a drink or, or taking drugs, mm. it's a really great yeah. rush to start yeah. off with and then it sort of slowly. Yeah. But I love, I love you know, stand-up comedy is, 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 is my passion. I love writing. I probably prefer the writing to the performing actually a lot of the time. Um, Getting them creative juices going, mate. Yeah, and I just, I just absolutely love it. And I did always think, this is a, you ain't never going to get nowhere if you carry on, you know, if you don't address this problem. You know, and actually since I got back in the rooms and in recovery the last three or four years, you know, it's, I've just accelerated, you know, um, you know, I started getting somewhere with it when, once yeah. I'd, you know, got, address this other problem. Yeah. You know, Directly that, correlated. Directly correlated. And I just thought, I just thought, ah, oh, well, I'm just, you know got a good run of luck at the moment or I'm just getting better and nah. um, no it's because you've you've no kind of you picked, uh, picked yeah. up the thing that you really want to do yeah exactly and um, you know over the last I mean this is what I mean above all else mentally what recovery has given me is is above all else above all else it's just like it's mentally it's helped it's corrected me you know I mean look, to a certain degree I'm, I'm always going to be a bit mental you know? yeah, yeah, we all, I'm all, you know always going to be so and peace, I don't, peace of mind I don't, yeah. I don't always I'm not always uh, you know sometimes my ego pops up and need to address that and sometimes I react ways that and I'll look back and I think I shouldn't have done that you know I'm not perfect never be perfect no. but that's what that's the main thing it's given me is mentally you, you know, I'm just, I'm not calling up Samaritans no more. No. I'm not thinking, oh, well, that's that's where I'm going to do it, where I go on my run mm. every mm. day. That's the spot I'm going to do it. Seems nice and quiet there, you know. You're I'm stable. Not, I don't I don't think that no more. No. And actually that guy, it, it scares me to think, well, I couldn't, you know, I could never headspace him at the moment. I couldn't imagine thinking those thoughts at the, you know, at the moment. I really can't. But also... That's the best thing it's given me. And but the second thing it's given me, it's given me like Yeah, it's just given it's given me all these opportunities in the one thing I always dreamed of doing, which was which was stand up really. Because right. I remember being when I was younger, you know, when I thought, well, I ain't gonna be I ain't gonna have my own business like my dad, you know, I know I'm not wired it that way. But I can remember watching comedians thinking, I think I could do that, you know, and I think I think I could be good at that, you know, and that's that's what I mean. I'm not I'm not I'm not the most famous, biggest comedian out there, but um I'm I'm in a really good place. I'm a really lucky to have all the opportunities that I've got. Yeah. And to be in a position I am today. Mm. I think luck maybe have something to do with it, but mate, you graft at it. Yeah. I've seen it from the world go. I'll come to one of your first ever gigs and obviously like I I see what you're doing now. I see mm. you up on stage with like some real big some real big um 
comedians that are in, endorsing you as a warm up for them. Yeah. And you're doing some massive shows out of your own right. And um, that doesn't happen by accident. It's like when we see people come in and start really thriving in recovery. It's not an accident. It doesn't happen by accident. No. You put the work in, you get the rewards. So every it's time, don't I? That. So every time, when I see someone thriving in recovery, I say, well, I'm not surprised. And I'm not surprised when someone, unfortunately, relapses because if you, if you don't put the work in and you don't, you don't commit yourself to this program, then unfortunately, there's, history says that there's, there's only one real... One more rule, um, what's the word? I'm it was like the relapse is in the post. Exactly. If you don't work your program, we can't guarantee. And I feel like recovery also gives you a gratitude for just things that you took for granted last, you know, previously. I mean, I was doing um, doing support for Mo the other day mm. and I'm just being next to Gelly, who's our manager. Yeah. And just going like, I'm, Thank you so much, mate. I'm just like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, this that's is, Mo Gilligan for anyone listening. This yeah? is a, but this is up. like a dream. This is like a dream come true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I weren't going to say second name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit muggy. It'd be Farrow, was it? <laughs> yeah. Um, you yeah, just want to be a long distance <laughs> runner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and Mo, we've done about 1,500 meters. And I'll tell you, that's one thing that recovery's given me is great stamina. <laughs> I, I lapped him twice. I lapped him twice. I was doing the J. He was trying to give it the M. I was giving it the J. Um, but yeah, I love just like, just the gratitude that I have for that. But just also just in every, everyday life, getting up early in the morning. Oh, I love it. I used to hate mornings. Me too. I used to, mornings used to be my enemy. Mm. I love getting up early now. Mm. I love getting a couple of t cup of tea, watching as the birds are tweeting. It's still a little bit dark. I love that. I love, I love going for a, I love going for a walk. I love walking past that old spot that I thought that's where I'm going to do it. Yeah. I love walking past there and having a chuckle thinking you come, you've come, you've come a long way. Yeah, you know what I mean? jumped in there. I, yeah. I say in the meetings, I walk my dog every morning down on the beach, Josh, right? And um, like seven o'clock in the morning, it's down on the towpath down by the station. And um, I just, I picture myself, I'm, I'm walking, I'm five years in recovery and like, I might be saying a little prayer, whatever I'm doing, but I'm in a real lovely position. I've got my wife back in my life and my kids, etc. But five years ago, I, I picture myself, I used to be walking that way after a three day bender. So no one would see me on the high street. I'd be walking that same route, the opposite direction. Yeah. And it's just that, that parallel yeah. existence that I've got now. And it's just, I, I can vision, I, I picture myself just like. Do you know what I mean? Creaturing out, walking up the other way. And yeah. it's just like, wow, how my now. life has changed. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 just um the gratitude thing's massive, isn't it? We talk about that all the time. It it's just um But yeah. then sometimes you can let it slip, you know. Sometimes oh, yeah. on a on a day where I'm I'm not being conscious of this stuff, sometimes I can forget the fact that, you know, I've got a beautiful family that mm. I always dreamed of, you know, that I've got good relationships with people now, that I've not made a fool of myself the night before, you know, mm. for, and yeah, you, you know, you can, you can forget those things. It was like, like I said before, you know, no one's perfect. We're all a work in progress. Of course, we're human beings. Exactly that. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Luckily for us, we get to, we get to do it over the next day. Yeah. We can make amends for what we've done. And how great is it as well that we can be conscious of the fact that we've made those mistakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing I, I also when I was when I was when I was drinking and when I was doing all that mad stuff I could never admit that I was wrong mm. could never oh, admit it not. I could no, not because if I admitted it then it just it all, it all felt real you know yeah mm. I, could yeah, never I couldn't admit agree it. more couldn't agree more never my fault 
coming to the end now, Josh, and we always do this to our guests. Have you got advice, someone in your situation, so maybe Josh when he's 20 and he's questioning whether to come into recovery? (laughs) (laughs) What what would your advice be? Don't go Ibiza. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away from Marbella. Yeah. Right? Um, Yeah. I mean, look, this is one thing. I don't think I'm at the stage yet. You know, one thing I hear Chris say a lot is I'm I'm a grateful addict. Yeah. I'm grateful I went through that. Yeah. Um, I still not forgiving myself a lot for a lot of, you know, forgetting myself in that position, mm-hmm. you know, forgetting to those low. I've, I'm not there yet. I'm not. come with step work, the forgiveness. I've, I've done my steps. Okay. And I can't, I've still, I still can't forgive myself, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm not, you know, what would I say to my twenty-year-old self? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think I've got long enough to even even begin. But you know, t- uh, take it easy on yourself, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just 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 get in those rooms. Keep going back. Mm. You know, you save yourself a lot of a heartache um, because. Yeah, I don't, you know, like with Chris, you're like, I'm grateful I went through that because now I've got this, you know. Yeah, I think I needed it. I, uh, I, I I, would probably rather, me talking honestly, I'd probably rather all that all that, all that, didn't happen in mm. all honesty and I, I, I just wish I didn't, didn't get to that place what I got to. Um, yeah, but I would say take it easy on yourself and um, you just got to, as I say, keep coming back. Yeah, nice, man. Nice one, Josh. And just as a footnote, while I've got you on record, mate, can we uh, get you to commit to coming back through the steps with me? Yeah. Because you've um, been talking about it for a, a while, but not much it? Not much has happened. But listen, you know, as you said, I've been very busy with Mo Gilligan. Yeah. You know, uh, Spoken so like a true addict. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I need to. Um, I mean, listen, that's probably one thing that I, I, I do now. I probably put work, you know, the comedy head too much ahead of the um, the recovery. We'll get there. But we'll get there. Brilliant. Thanks so much uh, for coming along, no, Josh. I really Cheers, appreciate Josh, it. Mate. Lovely. Been a great guest. You got yeah, really yeah. vulnerable there and yeah. uh, it was really insightful as well. So thanks so much for coming on. It's been a it's been a pleasure being on the other side of the table. <laughs> it it really mate, has. it's 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 great hearing your Mark Wright radio voice. <laughs> Christopher. Hi there. Hi there. It's Christopher White here for Addicted to Recovery. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined by better. my good friends, uh, Maximilian. Yeah, if, yeah. Uh, listen. Hopefully, Heart Radio are listening. You can take our writer boys spot. Brilliant. I'll take yeah. that. Pays well, right? Plays play some eighties bangers. Got a few kids now. So anyway, um, before we sign off, please, everybody, if you've got Instagram, get over to Addicted to Recovery Pod. That is at Addicted to Recovery Pod. Give us a follow. We're gonna have plenty of updates some good clips and uh, just some general content for you on there. So uh, go check us out. Yeah, get on there. See you next week. Peace.